Well, hello, 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 my friends. Welcome to the art of paying attention, where we believe that paying attention is our endless and proper work. So glad to have you today. It is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. What are you paying attention to today? What are you looking at? What are you observing? What are you feeling? What are you noticing? I'm noticing a lot of things. One thing I'm noticing that I'm not too excited about is our little dog, Milo, who keeps waking up at the wee hours of the morning. Not sure why, no reason why, but we're talking three, four in the morning, waking up, barking, and then going back to sleep. So I don't know what that is. I really don't know what that is, but it's really annoying and we're not sleeping and it's like having a child again. We have plenty of children. We don't need more children, especially the hairy variety. But that's here or there, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. It's just going to be me today. I have some interviews coming up in the coming weeks that are on already in the books, and uh, we'll share those with you as they come. But there is something I am paying attention to today, and it's a question. It's a reflection. It's a thought. It's something I get asked a lot. Uh, I've been observing kind of books and advice and wisdom out there when it comes to where do we begin with a creative life? Where do we begin or writing a book or making art or starting a nonprofit or starting a business or whatever the thing we're making, whatever we're, we're getting into. And, and there's a lot of good advice. And a lot of the advice has to do with, you know, showing up. Hey, you need to show up every day. You know, you need to get your butt in the chair. Uh, I love Stephen Pressfield and his work. You know, put your butt where you want your heart to be. Just this idea of you know where you want to go in life and the things you want to make and the books you want to create and the businesses you want to get off the ground that it's going to require just putting your butt in the chair and getting the work done, which is all good things. And not to minimize any of Pressfield's work by any means. But you know, there's other books, uh, other things about habits and disciplines, all all good things. Uh, some would say, hey, what you need to create things, you need a quiet space, you need a writing space, you need a, a cabin to go to. Like, like all good things, like maybe you need some quiet, maybe you need to find a, a coffee shop that you go to a couple times a week to get that thing done, whatever that thing is. All good things, all common advice. But what you'll notice when we think about all of those things is they're all external. Uh, we can get into, hey, if I just had the right software, right? If I just had the, a better computer, I could do better video editing, if I had better paintbrushes, if I had a better canvas, if I had more time, if I had a better partner, if I had a better desk chair, if I had a quieter place to work, if I was more disciplined, like, like they're all external things, which is part of the game, part of building a creative life, uh, a life of making, a life of art. Uh, but also a deeper life requires these external things, these habits, time, practices, all, all good things. But what you realize, and as I've gotten older and what I'm paying attention to right now, is where we start is not the externals. It's, it's not the, if I read the right books, if I get the right software, if I had more time, you know, maybe if I got a new chair, I, I, I could make better things. But it starts with the inside. It's an inside job. Is what I don't hear enough of, 
and what I don't see enough of and what I in conversation, people, friends in the, the broader culture books is the reality of you starting things, making things, sustaining a deep life and sustaining a, a deep creative life is going to require something from the inside out is you need to know something deeper about yourself because what gets people off the rails, why people stop making things, why they stop writing that book. I, I've had in the last 10 years, I've probably had at least a dozen conversations of someone that said something similar to, I started a book 20 years ago, poked at it, put a few words down, and then I came back to it again 20 years later to try to finish it, right? So so what happened in between those those 20 years, right? Was it I just didn't have the time, I, I got married, I had kids. It could be all those things. Those are real things. But but deep inside, what, what sustains a creative life or what gets us going is not the external things, but it's the internal things. It's knowing deep in our bones, I'm going to say it, here it comes, is that you're loved. That you're loved. That you are loved. Why does that matter? Because what takes us off the rails in when it comes to creative life or, or when things just aren't getting done or, or we're, we're feeling overwhelmed or we feel like a loser or we feel like a failure or we put that novel away that we started 20 years ago uh, or we put that canvas away. We were really into to painting and art and we just kind of put it away and just made excuses why we can't do it anymore or the music we were making, uh, that's just what kids did or that's what I used to do but I don't do that anymore is to forget inside, to forget our identity, to forget that we are loved that we're loved because what will sustain you is that same love, not the thing that you're making, not the results. I'd like to read a, a quote from a spiritual writer named Henry Nowen that I really appreciate. And uh, this is from one of, one of his books. He says from a, a book called life of the beloved. He says, aren't you like me hoping that some person, thing, or event will come along to give you that final feeling of inner well-being you desire? Don't you hope, often hope, may this book, idea, course, trip, job, country, or relationship fulfill my deepest desire? But as long as you're waiting for that mysterious moment, you will go on running helter-skelter, always anxious and restless, always lustful and angry, never fully satisfied. You know that this is the compulsiveness that keeps us going and busy but at the same time makes us wonder whether we are getting anywhere in the long run. This is the way to spiritual exhaustion and burnout. This is the way to spiritual death. Now, this is Henry Nowen writing different context, talking about the spiritual life, but he's talking about the inner life and addressing a, a broader cultural narrative is that you and I hear these voices. It could be from loved ones. It could be from the broader culture. It could be things we're, we're reading but continually tells us this book, this piece of art, this idea, this business, this trip, this vacation, this relationship is going to ultimately fulfill my deepest desires and longings. Like if I could just have that, if I could just have my name on a book published by a big publisher, my life will be complete. And then when you interview people and you talk to them about getting their book published, they'll all say the same thing. It didn't do what I thought it would do. I still had the same anxiety, the same same fear, the same doubt, the same anger. It just never fully satisfies. 
Maybe if I just take that vacation, maybe if I just get that business going, maybe if I just had a little more money in the bank, whatever it is. And you just feel this kind of restlessness, this kind of hopelessness. Like I thought that was going to do it. But if you realize that you're loved, if you realize that whether you write one book or 500 books, it doesn't make you any less or any more of a person that you are loved by your creator. At least I believe that. That there are people in your life that love you, that your identity, your worth, your value is not based on primarily on what you produce or what you're making or if you're known or not. But when you can have that deep inner sense of calm and peace that I'm loved, you're going to make some of the greatest art that you've ever made. You're going to be the kind of person that can love even the hardest people that to love. You're going to be the kind of person that can face tragedy, face suffering, face adversity, face falling on your face because you remember that it's really not that bad <laughs> when that book doesn't get picked up, when people aren't reading your work or aren't looking at your art as or listening to your music in ways you thought they they would, is that when you remember that you're loved, you remember that you're more than just the thing you're making, you'll keep going. You'll keep showing up every day. And I'm going to read one more line from Henry Nouwen, same book. He says this, first of all, you have to keep unmasking the world about you for what it is, manipulative, controlling, power-hungry, and in the long run, destructive. The world tells you many lies about who you are, And you simply have to be realistic enough to remind yourself of this. Every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, you have to dare to say to yourself, these feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. The truth, even though I cannot feel it right now, is that I am the chosen child of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity, and held me and held safe in an everlasting belief. Now, you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to use the God language, but there is this broader narrative that that the culture is this manipulative, controlling, power-hungry thing that that the people that you're going to be around and the things that you read, and especially if you get on social media, it's just a a dumpster fire. You're going to see all the things that people are making and all the success because everyone's putting out their best side. Everyone's doing well. Everybody's killing it, right? And you're going to say, well, that's just not me and I'm a loser and I'm too far behind. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too whatever. And when those feelings get strong, you're going to believe some lie about yourself that I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm trash. I had that novel 20 years ago. I put it away. I was in that band and I put that away. I had this nonprofit I wanted to get off the ground. I never did or this business. But when you remember that you're a child of God. You remember you exist. You remember you have people in your life that love you. And again, you don't have to believe in God, but but there are people in your life. There is good in your life. When we never see those things, we never feel those things, we never acknowledge those things. We're going to constantly live in this cycle of anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and anger. Because what I've seen for a lot of creative people, not even creative people, just humans, is when they get to this place of, I think I'm owed something. I think I deserve something. Is they become extremely angry people. That even when people are trying to help them, it's always, I don't, you don't understand me. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm, I'm doing, right? And they become isolated. 
they start pushing people away. But but what you need more than anything is you need community. You need support. You need one, two, three, a, a community of people around you to help you, to support you, to, to, to be in your corner, to remind you that you're loved, to remind you that when you fall on your face, you can keep going. And believe me, I've fallen on my face more than I can count, and I continue to do so. But you're going to fall on your face if you're trying to do anything, if you're trying to live a decent life, if you're trying to live a, a kind, loving life, if you're trying to make things and share things in the world, you're going to fall on your face. That's living under the sun. That's part of being human. That's part of the game. So what I'm paying attention to these days is thinking about where do we start? Where does our creativity start? Where does that project start? Where does that getting that business or that nonprofit off the ground start? Where where does it start if I want to live a deep, loving, hopeful, joyful life? It doesn't start with the externals. It doesn't start with I need to find a cabin in the woods. I need to find better software. It doesn't even start with, I need to have a plan of action that I can show up every day and do the work that I'm called to do. All good things, all important things, but those things come later. Where we start and actually what will sustain you more than even those habits in the software and the new desk chair and the new office space, the new cabin in the woods, the new writing shed, what will sustain you even more so, so even when you fail and even when you succeed is to know that you're loved, to know that you are more than your art, you are more than your work, that your identity is not rooted in those things, that you're loved, that you have value, that you have purpose, and it's not based on what you're making or what you're offering to the world. For me, it's knowing I'm loved by my creator, the God who made all things, the God who's redeeming all things, all those things. For you, it's knowing there are people, probably lots and lots of people in your life that love you, that give you hope, they give you identity. So it's extremely important that we, we understand these truths. Now, before we go, I do want to get a little practical, if we can, because I think there's a, some things we have to do to kind of build this into our lives. I don't think this just happens naturally. And this this maybe is the external part. Maybe this is the practice part. But I, I think of in terms of a creative monastery. Now, we're not monks. We're not nuns. Maybe, maybe you are. You, you don't actually need to go to a physical monastery. But, but where's that space? Where's that, that place that's quiet where you can go and you can remind yourself that you're loved. Like, like, what does that look like for you? Where can I go and be still and take a moment before I make anything, do anything, start a day? Maybe it's the end of the end of the day. It doesn't matter. But then I can remind myself that it's not an external thing that I'm after, but it's an internal thing that I need the insides change so that I can continue to make the work and, and live the life that, that I want to live, that I want to make, good and deep art, but I also want to live a deep life, a joyful, hopeful, patient, loving life. Where's your creative monastery? A quiet place. Because because monasteries historically are are cut off from the noise of, of the broader culture. But monasteries, when they're at their best, 
was for monks and spiritual teachers and nuns and priests. And they, they would go, they would separate themselves from the culture, but then they would come and re-engage with it. So they would go be still through prayer practices, but then they re-engage in their work. And some would, you know, they had breweries, they had, some were artists, you know, some were writers, but they had to go somewhere to remind themselves and be reminded of the bigger story, the bigger narrative going on, that they're loved, <laughs> that they're loved. So they could go do the work that they were called to do, whether that was in the monastery or outside the monastery, right? That, that's the point of retreat. That's the point of separating ourselves for a time, for a moment. Now, again, you don't need to go to a monastery. It can be a, merely a journal, a notebook, just writing down. Today, I want to remind myself that I'm loved, that my life has meaning, that it has purpose, regardless of, of how this novel goes, regardless of how my day goes, regardless of if this business gets off the ground. I just want to remind myself that I'm loved. And maybe that involves also just thanking God or whoever you thank for, for the good things that you have in your life. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for another day. I'm thankful for the, the opportunities we have to even do this kind of work. That all of those things are going to help us kind of get inside and do that inner work, that deep work, so that we can continually make the things we're called to make and that we can continually live the lives we've been called to live, deep, loving, patient, hopeful, joyful lives. Lives that are alive and aware and paying attention to the things that matter most around us. Like that can't happen by just getting a new desk chair. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. So where is that creative monastery that you can go to? Where is that place? Where is, what is that practice that you need to build into your life? I know for me it's a lot of prayer, meditation on the scriptures, Stillness, quiet. For you, it might be journaling. I do that as well, but it could be actually going to a quiet place. It could be five minutes in the morning when I get out of bed. I just remind myself that I'm loved today. Try it. See what happens. See what happens when you start shifting your mindset to if, if I don't get this thing, if I don't make this thing, if I don't have eyeballs on it, if I don't sell a million copies, my life's over to I'm loved that regardless of whether this goes well, I know I'm loved. And that's greater and better and deeper than anything. Well, hey, this is Ryan from The Art of Paying Attention. I hope that helps you today, encourages you today, moves you in the right direction today. And before we go, just a couple things I want to remind you of is I've been really loving the new platform, Substack. I've moved everything over to Substack, so my newsletter, the podcast, my writings, all on Substack, ryanjpelton.substack.com. It'll be all in the show notes. You can sign up for the newsletter. I've been doing kind of the, the Friday rhythm is a newsletter, seven things I'm paying attention to. And so that could be art and film and quotes and podcasts and whatever kind of comes in my way. And I share that with you. And hopefully that, that encourages you, helps you, points you in the right direction, helps you think, helps you reflect um, and also there's a really cool chat feature on the Substack app. So if you actually get the app and you join the community, it's all free is you can interact on the chat feature. And so I'll throw things in the chat feature. Just maybe ask you a question. What are you working on? What's going on? Who are you? 
and you can respond in there and we can we can interact and dialogue. I'd love to be able to do that with you more to know who's who's listening in, to know what you're struggling with, to know where you're challenged. Maybe this episode even spoke to you. Maybe you can share some of your practices of how you remind yourself that you're loved, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, check that out. Check out the Substack. Um, we'll keep uh, posting essays and podcasts and cool stuff on there. And I want to continue to grow that that community and it's all free and it's really easy to sign up with. So hopefully that serves you well. And then, and then also, if you are listening to this podcast, one of the helpful ways to get the podcast out into the world is to leave a rating or review. So wherever you listen to podcasts, give it a rating, give it a review, give it an honest rating or review, and that will help us uh, get the word out. And also one of the great ways to share all of this is word of mouth. You have a friend you could share this with, they have a link, share it around, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on wherever. Um, now we're on all those platforms. I do a lot more posting than I do interacting on those platforms. I try to keep my social media, um, footprint to a minimum, uh, just for living a deeper life for, and that's not a self-righteous comment. That's more just my rhythms. I've been kind of weaning myself off of social media and and I know it's a platform that can help and and get words out. So I share updates on there, but I don't interact there a lot. That's why I'm doing the Substack. It's a lot better interaction than social media trying to pare those things down, simplify my life so I can live a deeper life and make better art. Uh, So, uh, but we're all, we're on the Twitters, we're on the Instagrams, we're on the the Facebooks. You can find me uh, wherever wherever I am. It's it's not hard. Just Google, uh, use the Google. Uh, Well, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for stopping by. We have some great interviews coming in the coming weeks. Whenever you're listening to this, look forward to sharing those with you. And uh, also, if you would like to email me, uh, hello at ryanjpelton.com um, or you can email me through the substack I think it's ryanjpelton.substack.com I think that's the, the email handle um, love to hear from you love to know what's going on in your world so with that I'd like to say one more thing before we go paying attention is our proper and endless work so today go and pay so that you can make some great art with your life. I'll talk to you real, real 